Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. In 2018, Tana Mojo was already one of YouTube's most controversial personalities. But her decision to throw a self-titled content creator festival to rival VidCon, well, that would make her name so notorious, even New York Magazine couldn't look away. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara. Hello, Michelle. This is the beginning of a series we are calling the YouTuber series. And I am pumped about it. I was a big YouTube kid. This is like going back and researching this story and the other stories we're going to cover in the YouTuber series is like revisiting my childhood. Well, I feel like this was a world I actually knew nothing about, like not a single thing about. And going back to some of these stories, I am like, how <laughs> How did the adults in the room let this happen? Yeah, looking back, it was all a bit of a cult. Like the way that YouTuber drama just exploded and the way these stories unraveled really has made me realize I was part of a weird community growing up. Yeah, look, I don't want to tell you you're wrong because I am actually baffled as a 28-year-old going back, but I've had the best time going back through some of these stories. Now, we are going to start the series with TanaCon from 2018 and how it looked like, Mish, it was going to end the career of one of YouTube's rising stars at the time, Tana Mojo. Mm, Yeah, now this one's not that far back, guys, 2018. Before we go there, though, we need to start by explaining who the hell Tana Mojo is. So, Zara, we're going to rewind to 1998. Alrighty, Mish. So Tana Mojo was born in June 1998 to parents Rick, who reportedly goes by the name Cowboy, and Rebecca in what she's since described as a pretty difficult childhood as an only child. Yeah, in a TV documentary about her life, Tana once said, I grew up in Vegas with two parents who were completely unfit to be parents and I still, in so many ways, just want nothing to do with them. In an interview that she did recently with the Unfiltered podcast, Tana actually said, my parents never instilled anything normal parents do for their kids, like structure, responsibility, scheduling. There's a reason I dropped out of school at 15 because I never made it to school on time. My family was very abusive. Yeah, this interview was a really fascinating one for those who haven't heard it. She went on to say, they neglected me in a lot of ways. I didn't get proper healthcare, proper food, proper schooling, proper love, proper nurturing, proper schedule everything. I had to raise myself from the age of 15. A really bleak, bleak depiction of her childhood. Yeah, absolutely. So it might go away to understanding why she started uploading videos to YouTube in 2015 when she was 17, ostensibly perhaps to make a living for herself. Now, Tana, when she was young, was probably best known, Mish, for her story time videos. I mean, You adored them more than I, so take the reins and tell me about them. I think the thing about Tana, knowing about her childhood being so disrupted and being quite unruly, she found herself in situations that the typical teenager might not find themselves in. A lot of partying, run-ins with the police, run-ins with celebrities as well quite late at night, which gave her a lot of material to work with. And so she would turn these stories from when she was 15 or 16 or 17 into content later on. For example, her videos had titles like, my Tinder date tried to fuck my best friend in front of me (laughs) and I sent my stalker to jail and I smoked weed with Selena Gomez. I think everyone watched these though, not with a grain of salt, but definitely with a raised eyebrow to know that Tana had a penchant for adding mayonnaise to things. Yeah, I mean, 
Why not? If we all tell do. It, if we're going to tell a good story. <laughs> now, she started doing collabs with other big creators like Gabby Hanna and Shane Dawson, and the cross-pollination was huge for all of their followings at this time. It's really interesting, Mish, because we're not talking about that long ago. Like we said, she started in 2015, but it does feel like a lifetime ago when we consider the internet. Like mm. when we started our podcast in 2018, we started it because we definitely felt like no one was having conversations about influencers. And it feels very similar when we think about YouTube and, you know, we go to talk about some of this drama. The mainstream media just thought it was all these kids doing silly things. Mm. But in reality, it was all these kids doing silly things that had huge impact, right? Yeah. And so I think for us, we don't have time to get into today every single controversy that Tana found herself embroiled in in the years before TanaCon. There's been a few. There's been so many. But let's just say in the first few years of her YouTube career, her reputation was an incredibly messy and complicated one. I mean, in particular, she had a racial slur controversy very early in her career that got a bunch of attention on YouTube. Yeah, the thing about Tana, and to be honest, this applies to most of her cohort of YouTubers at the time, they all had a lot of controversies. They all had some stuff Wild. in their closet, like skeletons in their closet for sure. To do this series justice, we really do need to have a narrow lens and focus on the particular scandal we'll be covering. What we do know as well on top of that, Zara, is that Tana had huge success on the platform really, really early. So she launched in 2015. The next year, she had hit the milestone of 2 million YouTube subscribers, which was insane for the time. Yeah, huge levels of success. Her fame kind of reached new heights in 2017 when she started dating the former Disney child star Bella Thorne. Felt like this is when a lot of the mainstream media took note of who Tana was. Mm. So that kind of gives you a sense of how big of a star Tana already was by the time we get to TanaCon and 2018. So we're in 2018, Mish. This is the year that TanaCon and all the drama around it played out. By 2018, she'd become one of the most popular stars on YouTube. She had about 3.5 million subscribers by this point. But to explain to you the controversy that was TanaCon, we actually first need to tell you about another content creator festival that came first called VidCon. Yeah. So VidCon is an annual YouTuber convention that was founded in 2010 by two big creators, their brothers actually, called Hank Green and John Green. Now, they had a very successful channel called Vlog Brothers. You might know them from TikTok these days. If you've also read young adult fiction books like The Fault in Our Stars, the John Green that wrote The Fault in Our Stars is the same John Green that invented VidCon. I always hear stories like this and I'm like, people aren't allowed to have two really big streams of success. Pick oh. a side, be a VidCon guy or an author. How successful do you have to be? Crazy. That you can be known just purely for your YouTube stuff or just purely for your writing and have fans in both camps who don't know that you're the same person. Yeah, it's wild to me. It's incredible. Now, every year VidCon would essentially invite a bunch of YouTubers or digital influencers to attend the conference in California. Now, they would call these people featured creators. They would be put up in a hotel. They'd be allowed to walk around the conference venue through back walkways. They'd be supported by a security team and they would be able to do organised events like meet and greets, panels, performances and the like. Now, fans could buy tickets to VidCon and the conference also had a program for people from the industry and emerging creators, like an incredibly strong idea. Yeah, absolutely. And it's safe to say that VidCon was a massive deal, so much so that at the start of 2017, a company called Viacom actually acquired VidCon. In 2017, the event attracted more than 30,000 attendees. So it was kind of a shock, Mish, when in 2018, Tana Mojo posted a video to her channel titled, Why I Won't Be Attending VidCon 2018, a rant. A rant. Yes, and it was a rant. During the one hour and 18 minute video, Tana talked about the negative experiences she had had at VidCon during 2016 and 2017 and started to really lay out a timeline of all the time she was disappointed by the festival. Yeah, that she had felt slighted by the festival. Now, Tana started by talking about how much she had always wanted to attend VidCon, first as a fan, but now as a YouTuber. She said that she grew up watching YouTube and every year she had tried to save enough money to buy a ticket to VidCon to make it to the convention and meet her favourite creators. 
Then she said finally in 2015, she did start going to VidCon as a creator, which was, and I quote, the most insane, humbling, crazy, psycho feeling of my entire life. Tana then said that VidCon told her that they were going to make her a featured creator in 2016. So a reminder, you can go to VidCon and be a creator, but the top tier of creators, the upper echelon are featured creators. And that comes with a whole cache of like social status. Absolutely. And also protection, right? Mm -hmm. As we said, security, back entrances, all of those kinds of things. Now, when the 2016 creator lineup came out, Tanner actually discovered she wasn't on the lineup at all, despite the fact she had around a million subscribers at that point. So Tanner decided, you know what, I'm still going to go to VidCon. She paid her own way and attended the conference herself so that she could hang out with her fellow YouTubers and meet some fans. I can imagine even if you're not a featured creator, it's not really a place you want to miss. No, no, exactly right. Because she wasn't a featured creator though, Tana wasn't able to walk through the back halls with the other big YouTubers. She wasn't provided with security. And as a result, she says that she was mobbed everywhere she went and was told on multiple occasions that she needed to leave the venue because she was causing a safety concern. Yeah, despite this, she still went back for day two of VidCon so she could appear on a panel. It also happened to be her birthday, which is just like a hilarious detail that keeps coming up. (laughs) And I imagine it must keep coming up because she keeps bringing it up. Yeah, guys, Tana's birthday will be mentioned multiple times throughout this episode. And I still don't really get the relevance, but anyway, (laughs) it happened to be her birthday. But when Tana showed up at the convention hall, she said she was immediately mobbed and an event manager threatened to ban her for life. She said that she immediately started bawling and security felt bad enough to take her to a room so that she could meet some fans. Yeah. Tana said that after this experience at 2016 VidCon, organisers reached out to her and promised that next year would be better. Next year, she'd be a featured creator. But when 2017 VidCon rolled around... That wasn't the case. By this point, Tana's channel had not only continued to grow, but significantly. She was cast in the YouTube Red original series called Escape the Night. She was alongside the likes of Tyler Oakley, Liza Koshy, Gabby Hanna, and Joey Graceffa in that. So she was, in other terms, on YouTube in the upper echelon already. And you would think she was going to be recognised by VidCon as being in that upper echelon as well. I have some questions as someone, again, who didn't grow up around (laughs) this. And truthfully, sometimes when I read some of it, I'm like, it reads to me like French. When I was looking into this, I was like, what is a YouTube Red original series called Escape the Night? Okay, so a YouTube Red original series was basically the term used to describe anything that YouTube was trying to create to make YouTube similar to like a streaming platform. Like this wasn't just vlogs or anything. This was a television show that YouTube created that was original with YouTube's biggest names. And she was part of it. She was part of it. And the likes that I just read out, like Liza Koshy and Gabby Hanna at this time were like big, big deals. Liza Koshy, of course, is still a big deal. So she was up there. I think there would have been 10 people on every season of Escape the Night. To be in the 10 that was on season two is a massive deal. Okay, now it's probably unsurprising to our listeners that Escape the Night was being heavily associated with VidCon. Like it seems like the perfect pairing, right? They were premiering the show at VidCon. They were putting up a huge banner promoting the show across the convention centre building. They were handing out masks of the different character faces. Like one of the faces on those masks was Tanner's. Mm. There was also going to be a cast panel that Tanner would need to attend and an escape room experience at VidCon, which fans could take part in with different members members from the cast. So this is like a core part of VidCon. Now, Tana said, as you said before, Mish, that she was told she'd be a featured creator this year. But despite there being over 400 featured creators that year, she still was not one of them. She was the only member from the cast not to be given a featured creator badge and the perks that came with that. You have to wonder if they were so annoyed about what happened the year before that they deliberately made this decision. I think that's the only explanation. The only explanation is someone or multiple people high up at VidCon had a massive bee in their bonnet when it came to Tana Mojo and they were not willing to bend to her whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's exactly it because Tana said she went to VidCon anyway, which once again coincided with her birthday (laughs) and tried to attend all the panels and events that she was asked to 
But VidCon once again became upset at the ruckus she was causing. Yeah, so after some back and forth, Tanner said that the event manager in charge took her upstairs to a room with featured creator badges, wrote her name on one and said that she was VidCon's first honorary spur of the moment <laughs> featured creator. Tanner says that the rest of VidCon 2017 was incredible. But by the time that 2018 rolled around, you guessed it, the same <laughs> thing happened. It's so silly. Tana claimed that VidCon told her that she would finally be made a featured creator after all these years of headaches. Only when the names were announced, she wasn't on the list again. On top of that, Tana said that she got a call from her manager saying that VidCon had banned her from the event entirely. This is one of those stories or one of those videos that I would have watched at the time thinking there's definitely some holes here. Oh, yeah. Like what else is going on that Why you're not you telling me? Why are you being banned? Yeah. Like, to be banned from such a huge event. That can't just be like we don't like you or no. we don't warm to you. There's something right. weird going on, right? So Tana does this video and towards the end of the video explaining all these things, she hinted to a solution. She said, I think all of the rebelled people and all of the unwanted people should host a little meet and greet on the same days as VidCon. I would love to do it. So if you guys want to leave me some suggestions of places to hold a free meet and greet below on my birthday at VidCon, let me know. Because I'm going to find a place and I'm going to do it because fuck VidCon and I don't want them to take your money and I would like to meet you guys for free and cause a ruckus for free finally after two years. You've got that right, by the way, guys. In the space of two months, just two months, a teenager was suggesting that she would be holding a wide-scale event for thousands of people to rival VidCon. Two months. Two months. One teenager compared to the hundreds of people who plan VidCon. We're going to talk about how she tried to pull this off after the break. All right, Zahara. So Tana threw it out there to the fans. Hey, what happens if I created my own version of VidCon? And unfortunately, perhaps she stuck to that promise. Yeah, and she didn't just organise a meet and greet. She launched her own complete rival YouTuber convention and she creatively called it TanaCon. TanaCon. On May 27, 2018, Tana tweeted a poster for TanaCon with the caption, The first TanaCon will be on June 22 to 23 in Anaheim, California. Get ready. I promise, in capital letters, you aren't ready. I have so many surprises in store and you can attend for free. The first small round tickets drop at 12 p.m. Be refreshing it's limited. Now, the event was being held at the Marriott, which was in walking distance of VidCon. And this wasn't just a meet and greet with Tana. The event promised appearances from other stars and creators, including her then-girlfriend, Bella Thorne, Casey Neistat, Miranda Sings, Shane Dawson, and Emma Chamberlain. Emma Chamberlain. It was also, as Tana just said, technically free or at least partially free. Some free tickets went on sale in May and sold out in two minutes. But if you didn't get a free ticket, you could get VIP tickets for $65 a pop. When you added handling and charges on top of that, the total cost per ticket came to $77. Now, importantly, the VIP tickets promised, and I quote, the concert, gift bags, private signings and personal pictures. Tana tweeted that the VIP tickets would allow people to skip the lines in the queue and that the gift bag would be, and I quote, worth more than quadruple the price of the whole ticket. So $77 Come times on, girl. four. We're looking at something that should be worth 300 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Now, another thing to note here is that Tana flagged how much she cared about safety at this event. In a video published on June 15, 2018, Tana said this, I want you guys to know that safety and coordination is also a giant priority of mine, seeing as I've been stopped my whole life. <laughs> so even though I am a reckless motherfucker, we are, we are doing a convention, like the real way. Now, Mish, she also worked alongside a company called Good Times Entertainment to pull it all together, who you'll hear a lot about throughout this episode. Yeah. So in the day leading up to both conventions, VidCon and TanaCon, VidCon acknowledged the situation and was seeming to try and diffuse the rivalry that Tana was so invested in creating. The official VidCon Twitter account posted this. 
We hope everyone has a wonderful summer, whether you're going to VidCon, Tanacon, another event, or just staying home. Our goal is to foster positive communities and support others online and in real life. For those of you coming to VidCon, we'll see you soon. Love heart emojis. Now, a week before TanaCon, Tana responded to the tweet with a video where she pointed out that the majority of comments on VidCon's post were from people saying they'd be attending TanaCon. <laughs> in that video, which she filmed at 3.51 in the morning, she said, this feels like a dream. It doesn't feel real. In life, I feel like we have situations where people knock us down and make us feel horrible. We feel like the little guy. To be sitting here right now planning an event with all my best friends and my girlfriends for the people I love most in the world, you guys, it's the most crazy fucking feeling. I just, I know this is obvious. I love that VidCon put out this tweet to be like, love to all, hope you all have a safe, wonderful summer. And then Tanner went, no, fuck it. I'm going to push the rivalry further. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> commenting on that saying they're coming to Tanner. And how wonderful <laughs> is it? In that video, she also promised that day two was going to be a festival style day like Coachella featuring music performances from creators. I mean, way to manage expectations by getting the people coming to think they're going to Coachella. You know the the premise of like under promise over deliver? Tana had clearly never heard about that or if no. she had, she gave zero fucks about that premise and why people love it so much. In a welcome letter to TanaCon's featured creators, the production company behind it all, Good Times, wrote, fuck VidCon, fuck the current CEO, fuck everyone who created VidCon. Want to know why TanaCon became a thing? That's why. All the love, the Good Times team. <laughs> I don't want to be at all ages. So <laughs> I, I'm putting this on the record. But this feels very much like a group of teenagers <laughs> with no experience thinking that they can go up against seasoned professionals who have been doing this for years and are going to be able to pull it off and that they can get away with it with this kind of bravado that's like, fuck everything. They were all blasting like teenage dirtbags yes. with their middle finger up. Like I should have said as well, that official letter to the featured creators was all in caps. Fuck the current CEO. Like, like the unprofessionalism pervades this entire thing. Now, by the 22nd of June, when TanaCon and VidCon rolled around, TanaCon was an absolute <laughs> fucking disaster. Thousands of ticket holders showed up and the majority of them spent most of the day standing outside in lines, unable to get into the convention <laughs> because it was so full. Yeah, remember how we said a lot or most of the tickets were supposed to be free. Well, according to a lot of people, almost everyone there had a VIP badge or was holding a VIP ticket. One person told New York Magazine they ended up giving everyone at registration the VIP badge because they ran out of free ticket badges. So almost everyone was a VIP. It was really unorganized. So if that's happening, everyone has to line up in the same queue. Like what's the point in paying you $77 to be a VIP guest or VIP ticket holder? If everyone ends up being a VIP anyway. Yeah, everyone's trying to skip the queue against each other, <laughs> yeah. but everyone has a skip the queue ability. <laughs> now, another YouTuber named Amanda, who runs a YouTube channel, Swell Entertainment, vlogged the experience of going to TanaCon, and she said that everyone she spoke to had all bought VIP tickets. But it didn't even matter at this point, Mish, what badge you had, because once people arrived at the venue, they were all instructed to stand in the same line. One fan who showed up at 6am told New York Magazine, they said we were going to be able to skip the front of the line with VIP. VIPs also stood in the same line as free pass holders, so that's why it took so long. Now, we also said that VIPs were supposed to receive a goodie bag that Tanner promised would be worth around $300. Only once people arrived at TanaCon, the VIP ticket holders discovered that their goodie bags contained, and I quote, just stickers and a condom. I should note the condom was called the Tanner condom. Of course. <laughs> Once inside the venue, some fans inflated their condoms and passed them around like beach balls at a concert. I mean, good on them. On stage, things were just as chaotic. Two fans apparently tweeted Tanner in the lead up to the convention, asking her if they could get married at TanaCon. So she got ordained and then married them on stage. Amanda, the vlogger we mentioned before from Swell Entertainment, described it as an absolute madhouse at one point. Yeah, there was also no food or drink available 
trouble at the venue and attendees were told that if they left to go outside and get food and water, they would have to rejoin the queue to get back inside. People started tweeting about what was going on. One person wrote on Twitter, there was no point, no separate lines for VIP, nor food or water in this California weather. Another wrote, I have VIP tickets and drove 29 hours too. I waited outside in the sun from 7am to 11.30, been at the main stage since I got inside. Just tried to get a damn water and some security guard tried to kick my wife and I out of Tanacon because they're not letting anyone else in today. People started tweeting pictures of their sunburn as well. One person tweeted a mirror selfie showing their red arms and chest with the caption, thanks Tana Mojo for making me wait outside for four hours and burning and not even being able to get in. I didn't pay $65 to burn. I mean, there are two things going on here. In one hand, there is that incredibly comical thread of teenagers thinking, as we said, or young people with no experience thinking that they can go up against seasoned professionals at this. Mm. But then there is another real thread of danger of what can happen when you plan an event without any of the necessary experience. Without water. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Like maybe they did have water, but it ran out incredibly quickly. Just like the bare minimum of what you need to get an event off the ground seemed to not happen at all. I think it just really proves how much you need in order for an event to go smoothly. Like all I can ever think about when I think about events now is having been at Falls for that crowd crush. Mm. And it's like these are the kinds of things that people who have been in the industry for decades mm. still need to be across. How anyone like Tanamojo or Good Times Entertainment, who you'll soon learn didn't have a huge amount of experience in this no. game, thought they could pull this off is absolutely wild to me. Yeah, but even the venue that accepted the booking, Marriott, why did yeah. Marriott accept this when they were dealing with literal teenagers? You would think that someone in the room would go, Mm, I feel a bit off about this. Maybe we shouldn't do it. I was re-watching videos about this for our research. A girl was wheeled out in a stretcher for like an ambulance. So there were people who fell sick because of the disorganisation. Events can be so dangerous. So, so dangerous. Now, barely six hours into the first day, officials shut down the event for overcrowding, sending thousands of teenagers, many who, as we said, had been waiting hours outside in the sun into distress. Amanda's vlog showed that there were still events happening in the main room while all the attendees in the hallways were getting kicked out by security. At one point, security were literally begging for the attendees to listen and leave. Mm, one person told New York Magazine, we stood in line for literally four and a half hours in the hot, hot sun. I have second degree burns on my shoulders from sunburn. After we finally got up to the other side of the parking lot, a good times worker had a microphone and they were saying that the capacity was full and due to safety concerns, they were cancelling the entire event. I saw people crying and everyone was chanting refunds, refunds or Tanner, Tanner. Tana, accompanied by Bella Thorne, told the crowd that she and her team were getting things figured out for the second day of the event. Now, a 13-year-old by the name of Alyssa, who bought a VIP ticket and waited six hours only to be turned away, told New York Magazine, after the lady said it was cancelled, everyone started screaming, complaining and cussing her out. Teenagers. It, I know. Everyone <laughs> ran to the registration tent and threw the merch Pop sockets, Tanacon bags, stickers, Tanacon condoms, badges. This led to everyone destroying everything. Yeah, Tana eventually came outside to try and calm the crowd down. Here's what New York Magazine wrote about that moment. This reader, will you believe, also did not end well, as evidenced by clips of screaming fans, phones raised above their heads with cameras at the ready, running through the parking lot to spy their queen. You can imagine that only creates even more... More chaos. Pandemonium. Yeah, that is actually the perfect word. Yeah, like she knew that she was mobbed wherever she went. That was the whole reason she wasn't allowed at VidCon. Why would she then do that at her own event? <laughs> when it was already being shut down and people were already being chaotic. Now, Tana seemed to suggest that the reason the event was shut down was because 20,000 people showed up, but the venue could only hold 5,000 people. She tweeted, I love you so fucking much. Thank you for understanding that as a 19-year-old with her first convention, <laughs> in two months, we did everything as good as we could for 5,000 people, not 20,000. So now we are making it safer for any capacity illy guys yeah tana also promised 
that they were fixing everything and that the second day of the convention would go ahead as planned. She tweeted, moving the show to a new venue within minutes away from this one that holds an extra 5,000 people and doing a free show with some very special guests. Again, not managing expectations. No. Tomorrow, everything resumes normally and Shane and I are working on some awesome cool stuff. We love you. That did not happen. Surprise, surprise. Fans weren't given any indication as well that the second day would also be cancelled and once again showed up. One person named Cameron told New York Magazine that because there was no announcement that day two was cancelled, she showed up at the venue at 7am as you would. She said there were people gathered in the parking lot where the line was and the employees told us that it was cancelled. Tanner didn't officially announce the whole event was cancelled until hours later. Yeah, that came from Good Times in a statement that they released on Saturday afternoon. They wrote, Again, we are so grateful for each and every one of you who showed support for TanaCon and Tanner's dream of inclusivity. Due to an overwhelming and unexpected response of over 15,000 unregistered guests arriving to the venue Friday morning, unfortunately, inclusivity to everyone became a safety hazard for the exact people we wanted to accommodate. Our team has worked around the clock to find a solution to accommodate everyone safely and fairly, but at this point in time, there is no way to continue our weekend at Tanacon as is without risking the safety of all our featured creators, which is our number one priority. <laughs> At this time. I need to unpack that. <laughs> at this time. We are working on a way to make this up to every single one of you. This email also said that they would be answering questions regarding refunds. Right. Even another creator, that little known guy by the name of James Charles, <laughs> tweeted that he was angry on behalf of the fans. He wrote, I was part of the original meeting for planning Tanacon where she asked me to run it with her and be a part of it. I said yes, but she ran it without me. I told her not to do half of the exact things she did yesterday and she didn't listen as usual and things went to shit. I've tried to make our friendship work for months, but she has no respect for other people's time. And I can't believe you guys can't fucking recognise that. I do believe Tana has good intentions for this convention, but her ego got in the way of kids' safety. These YouTubers eat each other. Oh my God, yeah, that was the whole vibe. The fact that Tana only started planning this two months ago and within two months this is all fucking kicked off and happened but also her friend in James Charles has completely turned on her and stabbed her in the back. Yeah, it's like as a friend you would be disappointed but like as if you're having this conversation publicly kicking her while she's down in the middle of all of it. This is how they all grew followings, that they would jump on drama and get their name involved so that then people would watch their videos and kind of follow them along to see what they were saying it's about it. It's a scary it. world. It is terrifying. On Sunday, the 24th of June, so two days after the complete clusterfuck of a first day, Tanner finally tweeted an apologetic thread offering refunds to everyone who bought a ticket and her Gmail address to discuss reparations for any fans who had travelled particularly far. Here's some of what she said across multiple tweets. Hi guys, I'm so sorry that it's taken so long for me to tweet these tweets. I've been thinking, working, I didn't want to say dumb shit. I'm fucking nervous, but hi, I love you and I'm an idiot and I'm sorry. My intentions with Tanacon were incredibly pure and I thought that I had everything on lock. I was told a lot that didn't end up happening. I was truly under the impression that we were selling to capacity and took it as far as speaking with several people very high up at Marriott. But to be real, I didn't expect that many people to show up outside, which in hindsight was dumb as fuck. It was the same day as VidCon and I should have prepared better. Regardless of if people were telling me different, TanaCon is attached to me and I take full responsibility. She went on to say that planning a convention for the first time in just a few months was, and I quote, the most impulsive thing I've ever done. But I don't want to give up and I am not negating anything I've said previously. If I were to give up, that would be everything I'm against and letting the big corporations win. I want to make change and I'm going to continue to work my ass off to do it. I refuse to give up on this, but I still want to be held accountable and take full blame. This has taught me so fucking much and I know that I'll be doing things much differently in the future. Now, New York Magazine reported in their article published on June 26 that none of the attendees they'd spoken with said that they'd heard back about their refund inquiries. Mm, a tale as old as time. The police also put out an official statement subsequently saying that there was approximately 4,000, maybe 5,000 people outside, not 20,000 as Tanner and Good Times has suggested. They also added there was no permit for TanaCon. Yeah, there are a lot of questions circulating. Like, 
How many people actually bought tickets? How many people had actually rocked up to the venue? Were there any free tickets that actually went on sale? Like, were they ever available or was that a scam and they were all VIP? Why wasn't the event planned better and who was to blame for all of this? Yeah, well, one person who tried to find some answers was YouTuber Shane Dawson. We've mentioned him (laughs) a couple of times throughout this episode already. Now, to give you some backstory on who Shane is, he was slash is a famous content creator who did a lot of videos at the time of TanaCon about conspiracy theories. He was also like a big shock I don't want to say shock jock, but he was definitely a big clickbaiter. Like he posted videos with titles like I adopted a child on Christmas, which is not the case. He just hired a kid and threw him a Christmas. He also was one of the... Hired a kid. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know we don't have time for Shane Dawson today, but I didn't think that could go on unmentioned. (laughs) He rented a kid. Like no, no questions. He just rented slash hired a kid, but he clickbaited people a lot and he got a lot of views out of that and people really loved him at the time as well he was also one of the youtubers who agreed to support tanner and appear at TanaCon. now the new york times described shane dawson as one of the most powerful and influential youtubers for nearly 10 years and has been described by others as the king of youtube now shane as many youtube fans will know has a long history of being problematic and maybe later down the line in another youtuber series we do we touch on some of his great big, huge controversies. Mm. But for now, we want to talk about his involvement in the TanaCon story because Shane Dawson decided that he was going to make a documentary about TanaCon and explore exactly what happened. This documentary, Mish, was huge. It garnered 62 million views. So it was pretty significant, not just in the YouTube world, but just generally. But I'm just most confused as an outsider about how a friend decided to make a documentary about this. Oh, welcome to YouTube. Welcome to YouTube drama. Shane Dawson would do this. I think TanaCon was his first ever. But he then created a kind of brand out of this, that there would be YouTube drama. And he would make a documentary. He would literally make a multi-part documentary and he would get tens of millions of views. Do people not realise that to make a documentary you have to have some sort of like sense of objectivity around the drama? I think that was the problem. But if we're going to point out all the problems with YouTube drama, we're going to be here a very long time. All right, so let's talk about this documentary because it was pretty wild, Mish. Shane started by speaking to the guy behind the events company Good Times. Now, the guy who ran Good Times was a 21-year-old named Michael Weist who started the business back when he was 17. Mm, He had moved from talent management to event management. And Michael, when speaking to Shane Dawson, had two different entities to blame. One was Marriott (laughs) and the other was Tana Mojo. He said the Marriott was the one who kind of screwed everything over and that he was planning on litigating against the hotel. He also blamed Tana Mojo for creating unrealistic expectations and for giving him very little notice to actually make anything happen. He said that when the convention was shut down on day one, he was walking from venue to venue crying, trying to find a new location while Tana was partying at a Studio 71 party. Now, I remember this detail, the fact that Tana was partying the night that TanaCon went to shit, hugely controversial. Like people had a massive, massive problem when footage came out of her. Also, there was footage of it too. Yeah, she was dancing away, kind of clubbing the night away. And disgruntled fans found that to be a real nail in the coffin for her. It has to be. It's so teenager-esque as well. It was between day one and day two. They hadn't formally announced that day two had been cancelled. She had tweeted promising that day two was going to be bigger, better and more safe. At a new venue. At a new venue. And she didn't give a fuck. Now, this is what's really interesting about this because a team had actually been filming behind the scenes looking at the creation of TanaCon. So it seemed very much like they thought that the creation of TanaCon could eventually become a really interesting video, but it meant a lot of the stuff leading up to TanaCon, a lot of the planning was on video. It was documented. Yes, which means they were kind of evidence of them lying about what they knew. Which makes for a pretty scintillating Shane Dawson documentary. Now, some footage showed Tanner in a room with Michael Weist and others. Michael said that he had the ticket set at about 5,200 as a benchmark, to which Tanner replied, I love that for us. It would be really cool to have people outside waiting to get in. Like people love to be oppressed outside. They love that shit. 
I love that <laughs> what, shit. What does she mean? People love to be oppressed outside, like burning from the sun, getting second degree burns. I genuinely think she's saying if we create this idea that you have to wait and there are all these people inside having fun, it's FOMO in action and that's powerful for me as a brand. It's bizarre. Now, Shane also spoke to Tanner and it was incredibly, incredibly dramatic. When he met up with Tanner, she immediately walked up to him, hugged him and started like sobbing and apologising. And this is kind of where it goes from this kind of documentary to being like this weird faux friendship interrogation. Shane said that Tanner is, and I quote, just like my child, it's weird. And that, <laughs> that is weird. And that he's helped her a lot in a lot of ways over the years. He went on. And I think I think the hard part is that this is especially really hard because this fuck up hurt me, but I still want to be the person who helps. But I'm also going to have to play fucking strong dad, okay? I'm going to have to be honest with you and tell you what's fucked up and how real this shit was. Looking back, maybe I didn't notice this enough when I was like a teenager or a young adult. Why is Shane Dawson saying that this hurt him? him. I well, This was the first thing I thought of when I was like going back through this. All of these friends of Tanner to be like, you really hurt me by doing this. <laughs> it's like, this actually didn't affect you. You can think that your friend was stupid, but to center yourself and to say this really hurt me is just one way of distancing yourself from someone in the middle of drama. The problem with YouTube, and I think what came to bite so many of them, is that they built their followings on this idea that the followers and the YouTube subscribers were their friends and their family. And so I think they took this to the nth degree that when the YouTube subscribers were hurt, they were hurt because they are the YouTube subscribers. Like so they all dumb. love each other more than you could possibly understand. It's so, so silly. Now, Shane said that he thought Michael was in over his head. That's Michael from Good Times and that Tanner wasn't capable of planning an event like this. He also said, I don't think you had good intentions and I don't think you know that because the true intention of it was revenge. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. it's not a bad point. Yeah, Tanner admitted that planning her convention to be the same day as VidCon was, and I quote, so stupid and petty. In the documentary, Tana mostly cried and said that she appreciated Shane and for putting everything into perspective for her, but she did place a heap of flame on Michael Weiss. This was what's funny is she was crying and saying, thank you for telling me what I needed to hear. I needed to take accountability, but also <laughs> fuck Michael. Everything was his fault. <laughs> she said that she was under the impression that the venue that they had booked could hold 5,000 people. But if that wasn't enough, Shane then got Tana and Michael on a phone call with each other and filmed it. Tanner immediately started alleging that Michael's clients were telling her about how he is essentially a con man who screws people over all the time. She broke down on the phone call crying and said that Michael had mismanaged the whole event and that there should have been food and water. And she really just kept blaming him. <laughs> Left, right and centre. After the call, Tanner claimed that Michael just simply did not have the situation under control. This is what she said. I don't think he's a good person, if that's, like, too hardcore to say. I think he lied and lied and lied and lied and lied to me. I think he puts on a facade of all these investors and this big company and whatever, but it's a young kid with mommy's money and some interns and clients that are afraid of him. So they operate in the ways that he wants to to make him maintain this, this image. And I fell for the facade and the image followed by the lies and promises about what my convention could be. He's not losing any house. He's not going bankrupt on this. He's not doing any of that. So, yeah, lots of accountability. <laughs> After all of this back and forth, Shane was able to provide some key findings that helped paint a better picture of what actually happened. First of all, he found that the official number of VIP tickets sold was 5,108. There were free tickets, but there were only about 200 of them. Michael had claimed that Tanner knew that all along. Tanner denied that. According to the security contract, at most at the venue, there were 25 security guards at a time. According to Shane Dawson, for most conventions like VidCon, the minimum ratio for a safe event is 50 guards per 5,000 people, which means they only had half the security detail they needed. Yeah, they also spent around $60,000 on security. Now, by comparison, Shane said that VidCon spends about $1 million on security. According to the contract between Good Times and the Marriott, the estimated attendance was 1,000 people, and that document was signed by Michael. 
Now, both Tanner and Michael said that while the contract said a thousand people, everyone at the Marriott told them verbally that 5,000 would be okay. One part of this, and I know I've already said it, but like the Marriott being involved here, like a, an established, well known brand. Were they taken for a ride? Or were they clueless or did they know? I think they have to have been taken for a ride. Do you I th- think? I, out of everyone here, if I'm going to trust anyone, do I trust the established hotel brand which would have run? Like the Marriott would run how many events all the time? Yeah, like it's a right. hotel. We never hear about events at the Marriott going particularly <laughs> haywire. Do we hear about Tana Mojo getting herself into sticky situations? Absolutely. If I'm going to back anyone here, the Marriott said a thousand. These two ran off and said, people love to feel oppressed outside. Let's <laughs> I love that, that shit. They love that shit. That's actually the direct <laughs> quote. Now, the money made from the ticket sales totaled $325,000 <laughs> as found by investigator Shane Dawson. Now, after this all went down, interestingly, Hank Green, the creator and former CEO of VidCon, actually responded to what happened. He left a comment on Shane Dawson's YouTube video and wrote, running events is hard, making them safe and fun is hard. Watching the event Good Times put on devolve into a dangerous situation was not fun or pleasant for me or the VidCon team. It was inexcusable and terrifying and we're lucky it didn't go much worse. I heard a lot of people joking about that, that we were sipping champagne and laughing or whatever, but no. A head of security said to me, this is like watching all my nightmares happen in real life. It was scary and I was frustrated and sad and angry and following it on social media like everyone else. I think this is bad for all YouTube conferences. Mm, on July 31, so over a month after the disastrous TanaCon, Tana posted her own video responding to everything. She said that she hadn't anticipated the response that she was going to get to her original VidCon video. She acknowledged that she was operating on an ego trip and that you don't try and put out a convention out of spite with two months planning time. I think that's a good lesson. She said you don't put so many people's lives at risk to do something spiteful. (laughs) She said that Michael, who she'd met at a previous event, had reached out to her about TanaCon to help get it organised after her original video. Again, though, she shifted a lot of the blame onto Michael and said that everyone around her had warned her not to work with him. (laughs) Why did you work with him? Sorry. I just the absurdity. This is my favourite scandal ever. It's absurd. Why? It's so dangerous. It's one of those funny things where it's like, there were a million stop signs on the way to TanaCon becoming a real thing and everyone just turned a blind eye. This is just like a huge problem for me to be like, it's all his fault. Everyone told me not to work with him. And it's I like, chose to. I still chose to keep working with him. In October, Michael published a press release that he had filed for bankruptcy and that Good Times Entertainment would be dissolved within 60 days. In that press release, Michael wrote about how TanaCon had led to his company's demise. Through this, he wrote, I've discovered that I and we simply will never truly be able to make this right. Due to TanaCon and the substantial loss that we value at approximately $700,000, Chapter 7 bankruptcy is the only option. Now, last year, Michael even went on an episode of Dr. Phil. (laughs) He said that he'd received nothing but backlash, humiliation and death threats online, which is awful and apparently wrote into the show to seek advice about how to move forward from the trauma he endured and also how to clear his name. He confronted an attendee on the show. He also had to face up to new allegations, including from a former employee who said he was a, and I quote, master manipulator. She said that she moved in with him to work on his company and made some significant claims about how controlling he was and that he was also verbally abusive. Mm. So this guy also sounds from these allegations like bad news. Yeah, bad news for sure. So while TanaCon was definitely a speed bump for Tana, her career went in another direction. She definitely did not file for bankruptcy. She has had a really successful career online ever since. The year after TanaCon went down, she actually attended VidCon as a featured creator. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> Everything comes around, yeah. circles and roundabouts, my friends. Now, she also starred in the MTV reality series, MTV No Filter, Tana Turns 21. Yeah, she and Bella Thorne broke up in 2019 and truthfully, that's a whole story in and of itself. In 2019, she also started dating another huge and controversial YouTuber named Jake Paul. 
and married him not long after. Truthfully, that's a whole <laughs> separate story again in and of itself. Now, there was speculation that perhaps their marriage wasn't legally binding. They broke up in January 2020. Yeah, fast forward to today and Tana has her own wine brand called Dizzy Wine and apparently makes a killing on OnlyFans. In March this year, she actually shared a photo of a trophy on her Twitter page that was in acknowledgement of her making $10 million through her OnlyFans account. That's insane. $10 million bucks in a couple of years is just absolutely wild. I want to know what your overriding takeaway is after doing this episode. For me, it's that teenagers and their egos, particularly when teenagers are content creators and have millions of adoring fans online, when those egos run wild, it is a complete mess and a dangerous one at that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was pretty unique to this time. Not to say that this would never happen again, Mm. but I think this was definitely an era where YouTube stars and influencers found insane amounts of fame with no one really keeping that fame in check yeah you know there was no one really taking notice and because of that and when I say no one taking notice I mean the mainstream media largely weren't taking notice and because of that I think they really thought they could do anything they wanted because no one was going to hold them to account I mean as I said earlier in this episode there are two threads for this story for me one is the comic nature of it like it is funny but there is also a really terrifying aspect where this really could have gone Lots of different ways. This could have gotten so much worse. And that is incredibly, incredibly scary. Yeah. And then to add another dimension, another twist (laughs) to the whole story. Guys, we promise we did not plan this. In fact, we were stunned when we saw this last week. On the 6th of September, Tana Mojo posted on her TikTok the following video. It read, I received an offer to do TanaCon again correctly, not sure how to feel. With the caption, I've obviously received this offer a lot, but it really is the first one that kind of makes sense. The video was liked more than a quarter of a million times at the time of recording. Wow. I mean, there have been hints from her since that video as well that she might do TanaCon again. Here's hoping that she's taking all the lessons that she's actually learned through 2018's TanaCon and is actually going to put on a really safe, safe festival. An enjoyable one as well. The first one yeah. sound very fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm intrigued to say the least. So I guess the only thing we can say from here is watch this space. And you would just hope that with some hindsight and with some time for reflection, years for reflection, she puts equal blame onto herself and onto Michael. I don't think it's fair to go, it's all Michael or it's all Tanner. It's all both of them and they yeah. really, really screwed up. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, that is all we have time for today. As always, thank you to our researcher, Justine Landers-Hanley. I have a hunch that she quite enjoyed <laughs> researching this one as an old YouTuber kid herself. We will be back next week with another separate YouTuber scandal. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. But in the meantime, you can support the show by clicking follow on Spotify or follow on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. We'll be back in your ears on Thursday. Bye. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.